We're continuing our look at the Psalms today. We're going to be in Psalm 117. If you're using the Bibles there in the pew, it's page 511, Psalm 117. Uh, It's Father's Day, but I have to tell you, this Psalm has nothing to do with dads. It has absolutely nothing to do with dads, but I think it has one of the things that dads really appreciate. This is the shortest psalm in the Bible. It's just two verses long. So hopefully we can get through it kind of quick and uh, we'll have time to get dad to lunch in no time at all. That's the, that's the goal today. Psalm 117, again page 511, it says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And that is it. Years ago, I I spent a little time as a disc jockey uh, at a radio station. and I got to spend some time on the air. And, And what I learned from the other disc jockeys is they hate short songs. It's just the worst thing you could have is a, is a short song because when you're playing a short song, there's no time to get up and stretch. There's no time to do your paperwork and there's a lot of paperwork. There's no time to, to take a walk or take a bathroom break and, and you hated to play those short songs. But, but every now and then, a short song would become popular. A short song would go to number one and, and you'd have to play it. And so some of the, some of the uh, number ones that we've had over the years have been some very short songs. Elvis Presley, remember uh, Teddy Bear? 1957, some of you are like, I remember Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear was only one minute and 45 seconds long. One of the shortest songs that ever go go to number one. And then the year I was born, 1967, 50 years ago, in September of 1967, uh, September 23rd, the number one song for four weeks in a row was The Letter by a band called The Box Tops. Does anyone remember The Letter by The Box Tops? I don't. You don't remember the letter? Does anyone know how it went? David, can you help us? Do you remember how the letter went? <laughs> well, there is a there's a guitar up here, and could could you and that that guitar? Just by coincidence, there's a guitar there, and I know that guitar right there was made in 1967. That's a 50 year old guitar. So this song came from the year that the letter by the box tops went to number one. Could you? And it's only a minute and 55 seconds. You guys think we got a minute and 55 seconds to spare to hear the letter? I, you can do that. You can do the. You can come, come show us how the letter went. <laughs> your dad bought you your first guitar. Of course he would appreciate <laughs> it. didn't take him long. Well, if your dad was here, he could play it on the accordion with you. But you'll have to make do with the guitar. Aww. That's a lot of equipment. Is this going to be loud? <laughs> Just take you back to 1967. Probably Camille was probably rocking her little brother. Listen to WLS. And the box tops came on.
Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are in church. Can you make it sound like we're in church? available for parties and bar mitzvahs. No, not available for parties or bar mitzvahs. <laughs> Thank you. Some songs are complicated. That, that song is still a little complicated to me when I try to play it. He makes it look easy. Some songs are complicated and they have complicated stories. American Pie is over eight minutes long and... Um, Ode to Billy Joe is another long one. You, you've got Alice's Restaurant coming in at 18 minutes long. But some songs and the messages are simple and it just needs to be said and it needs to be heard. And the, those songs don't always need flourishes. They don't always need a bridge. They don't even need a chorus. They just need to get out. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. It's just that simple. And I think this is a psalm that we need to hear for ourselves and we need to hear it for the people around us because the message is that there is no limit to the love of God. And when you hear that, when you understand that, you realize this, you cannot escape the reach of His love for you. Now this is a short psalm. It's only two verses long. But it's part of a series of psalms. From Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 are called the Egyptian Hallels. That's, that's the technical term for these psalms. They are the Egyptian Hallels. And they were sung during Passover worship. That's when they would sing these songs. And it was a way of reminding Israel of, of what they had left when they left Egypt, that they had left Egypt as slaves and, and they, had, they had become free. And if you remember in Matthew chapter 26, after Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, as they're gathered together for the Passover meal, in Matthew 26 it says, they, after they had eaten, they sang a hymn and then departed. And it's very likely what they sang was this psalm along with the other psalms that were part of the Egyptian Hallels. They were sung to celebrate Israel's freedom from oppression, their escape from bondage, their liberation. But there's something odd here. This psalm does not mention Israel at all. Israel's not mentioned here. Instead, it says, praise the Lord, all nations. Israel was God's chosen people. And they were very proud to be known as God's chosen people. But they missed the point. God called their father Abraham to be a blessing to all nations. The promises that they received weren't just for themselves. But in their pride of being chosen, they let other people know, you're not chosen. You're not one of us. You're far away. You're not special. But the call of this psalm is to those who are distant from God to come close. You come close to Me. You praise Me. You know Me. You know, there are people around us who feel very distant from God. There are people around us who feel very distant. They don't come to church. 
They don't feel like they fit in. They don't feel like they belong. They don't feel like they're chosen. And when they hurt, they don't know that God hears them. They don't know that God hears their cries. You know what I mean? They, they don't know that He's there. They think their prayers don't get heard because they're not here. Because they, they feel like they're far away. But this psalm calls those who are far off and says, God says, I want you to know me. I want you to praise me. I want you. And, and the message of this psalm is that there is no cry from your heart that is so quiet that God cannot hear it. We need to let people know that. We need to let people know that they cannot escape the reach of God's love. We also need to make sure that they understand you can't sink so low that you are beyond the depths of His love for you. Verse 2 begins with those words, for great is His steadfast love towards us. My translation says steadfast love. Some of your translations just say great is His love. Others say great is His loving kindness or great is His merciful kindness. The point is that word that's translated love or, or, or steadfast love, it's hard to translate. There is no English equivalent to that word. We don't have a one word that describes it that, that adequately defines it. But when we look at the context, the way that word for steadfast love is used through the whole Bible, there are three things that we know for sure about this kind of love. First of all, it always involves relationships. It is the love of a husband for a wife, or a wife for a husband. It is a love for a father to a child. It is love that is in relationship. It is love among family, among, among friends. It is love from a, a host to a guest. It is love expressed to people who you are in covenant with. So it always involves relationship. The second thing we know about this love is it's love that always acts. It does something. This kind of love doesn't just sit around and have nice warm feelings about you. This kind of love acts. It does something for your benefit. It reaches out. It restores those who are hurting. It cares for those who are in need. And the third thing that we know about this kind of love is since it comes from God's unchanging nature, this kind of love never runs out. You can't use it up. It comes from God's unchanging nature. This love is always there for you. It's an everlasting love. Every now and then I invite someone to church. And I get, I get turned down a lot. You know, I invite someone to church and I'll get turned down. And, and people will say to me, oh, I can't go to church. You know? If you only knew what I'd done, you'd, you'd know you wouldn't want me there. I, I can't come to church. Every now and then they'll get cute and they'll say something like, well, I can't come to church because if I showed up, the, the building would fall down. <laughs> I laugh and I say, you're not that special. You know? I know a lot worse sinners than you and they're in church. You know? you're, you've not done anything that special. You know, more, more often than not, when I get those kind of responses, when I get those kind of responses, more often than not it comes from men. You know, and, and I know sometimes it's just an excuse, but but sometimes I think that, that that attitude comes from a wound that they've received. It's been spoken from a, a wound that they've received, a wound that told them, You're not good enough. You're you're a failure. You've failed. And more often than not, I believe that that wound has come from their father. We love our fathers. I love being a father. But I know as fathers, we have to be cautious because if we're not careful, our words can reduce a child. Our words can, can hurt. Our words can take away self-esteem. Our, our words can make a child 
feel like nothing. And that's hard to heal. That's hard to get past. And there are men that I've known who have worked their entire lives to get past those wounds that were inflicted on them, whether intentional or not, by their Father. But the message of this psalm, our message is that you have a heavenly Father who has this kind of love for you that is so amazing, we can't even define it. There is no word to describe the kind of love that your heavenly Father has for you. But what, it, what I do know that it means is that there is no cry from your heart that is so quiet that God cannot hear it. And there is no sin in your life that is so shameful that God cannot forgive it. Oh, do you know someone who needs to hear that? I know people who need to hear that. I need to hear that. And I know we all need to hear that there is no end to the love that God has for you. Psalm wraps up and says, the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. <laughs> Some of us had fathers who obviously weren't perfect, but they tried. And others of us, we tried our fathers. <laughs> we, we pushed buttons. We, you know, we frustrated them. We may have made their lives a little harder. We may have even made their hearts a little harder. But in the, and in the end, sometimes we, we felt pretty far away from them. But the praise in this psalm is filled with the perfection of God. Not our perfection, but the perfection of God. His faithfulness endures forever. Not because we deserve it, but because He is perfect and He endures forever. He is perfectly able to handle our sin, to handle our failings, to handle those times when we feel so far away from Him. There is no cry from your heart that is so quiet that God cannot hear it. There is no sin so shameful that God cannot forgive it. There is no end to the love that God has for you. The psalm begins with the words, praise the Lord. And that's the last word also in the psalm. Praise the Lord in the first part. Praise the Lord at the very end. It's the Hebrew word, hallelujah. You've heard hallelujah before, right? Hallel means praise. Yah is from God's name. Yahweh. Hallelujah. Praise God in the highest. That's where that word comes from. By the way, my Sunday school class knows this, but if you say the word hallelujah, you have to shout it. The word doesn't work unless it's shouted. The, the translation insists, the, the Hebrew insists on that word being shouted. Hallel means praise. It means a joyous praise. We use it of God. But in that culture, it wasn't just used of God. It was used of other people too. But when it was used of other people, it was used differently. When it was used of other people, it meant that that person was a little foolish. That maybe they weren't quite right in their head. You know, I think maybe it's kind of the way we say, God bless their hearts. You know, they just kind of say, well, hallelujah anyway. You know, <laughs> that, that person's not quite right. They're a little out of their head. I wonder how much of that carries over to our God. Because we have a God who is out of his mind in love with you. We have a God who's, who's, Love and forgiveness sometimes doesn't seem to make any sense. We mess up over and over again. We fail Him over and over again. And yet He continues to pour out this unfailing love that never runs out. That's never exhausted. His love makes no sense. And yet He loves us. Praise the Lord. There is no limit to the love of God. In, uh, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, right in the middle of his letter, he pauses and he prays. Right in the middle of the letter, he just stops and he prays. Paul had been through a lot. Paul had been rejected by his people. He had been hunted down as a, as a criminal. He had been 
thrown into jail. He'd been beaten. He'd been stoned. But all through that, while his people had rejected him, he knew that God would never reject him. And in the middle of his letter to the Ephesians, Paul stops and he expresses this prayer for them. And I think it's a prayer for us also. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, Paul says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Family. What kind of love is that everlasting love? It is expressed in relationship. It is a family kind of love. From whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints, with everyone else, that you may have strength to comprehend what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Paul describes the love of Jesus, and he says the breadth and the width, and the height and the depth. Do you think he intended for the love of Jesus to look like a cross? As he describes it, it looks like a cross. It has breadth, it has width, it has height. And it has depth. He says, I pray that you have strength to comprehend this love, but this love surpasses knowledge. But don't give up. Keep reaching. Keep knowing. Keep searching. And keep seeking His love. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol Him, all peoples. For great is His steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, today we have to admit that there have been times when we have felt very far away from You. We have been certain that our sin and our failure had disappointed You, and we felt like anything but chosen. But again and again, the message of Your unfailing love continues to come back to us so wherever we find ourselves today, whether we, we feel near to You or whether we feel very far away in our hearts, give us the strength to hold on tight as You fill everything that we lack with a love that never ends. And now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace.